It's the podcast. It's the podcast. Period. It's the social distancing podcast. We're literally in two different rooms right now. Not because one of us is sick, but because it's the only way we could get the microphones to work. Because we <laughs> are usually in two different states when we record. <laughs> but because of the um, coronavirus, uh, we are both home right now. My school got shut down which is really fun and cool. So I am home. Well, really, I, I, will, I left for spring break and then everything happened while I was on spring break. So, um, which is really cool and great because it means that I only have a week's worth of clothes. So that's on you for not predicting the no, way this global pandemic would turn out. I know. How dare I not know that I wouldn't be allowed to return to get my stuff? Yeah. Um, no, you should have seen that coming. I should have seen that coming. I genuinely should have brought home my schoolwork, though, because I was like, I'm not going to do it over break. And like, if I <sighs> yeah, were a better student, I would have done it over break. But mm-hmm. also, it was my break. So like, come on. So I just also don't have any of my school supplies. So we're a minute into the podcast, and it's already really fun and really cool. And <laughs> Yeah, you're saying really interesting things that like no one's talking about right now. Really interesting things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um. How How is it in the other room? What's the temperature like? Because it's really cold in this one. Yeah, that room gets really cold. Um, I say that room because you're you're sitting in my bedroom and I yes. am sitting in our dad's office space. Um, it's a little chilly. Uh, I'd like to turn on the space heater, but it would be too loud. There's a lot of windows looking in on me and I don't like it because it's dark outside and I feel that a passing peeping Tom could poke their little head by. And see me sitting here in my sweatshirt and athletic shorts. What a horrible concept, peeping toms. Big headphones on. Um, yes, that's all. That's Period. all I have to say about peeping toms. They're bad. However, the, the bonus of sitting in this room is sometimes you get to see the little neighborhood cat that walks by. This is um, true. He's orange and he... And white. And white. And he commits atrocities against our cat. Yes, so, Our cat does not like him. No, 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 not at all, not at all. He gives she her a has, hard time. She probably has a good ten pounds on him. Oh yes. Um. So I think she can take him in a fight just from sheer like momentum. Just hurl herself at him, and he'll be like, yeah. "Oh, and I'm dead now." She, the physics of our cat is that she is the most rotund beast that has ever walked the planet Earth, with the tiniest little paws. She's and just a circle. With she's paws. a sphere. Yeah, with paws. And I feel that if she wanted to cause damage, she could, in the same way that a cannonball causes damage, just blunt force and like a very dense object. Like, mm, yes, mm-hmm. yes. She has power in those little legs, is what I believe. So, she's so wonderful. I love her so much. The good thing about being home is, you know, the family, whatever, blah blah blah. But also, <laughs> our cannonball of a cat. <laughs> our cannonball of a cat. Ugh. A cannonball of a cat. Yeah, we have to keep her and my cat separate at all times because they will try to kill each other. So yeah, that's a really well, fun. It's fun. It's fun to live in that tension. You know, <laughs> constantly like, <laughs> oh god, hope one of them doesn't accidentally get out while the other one's out. Yep. Yeah. So what are we? What's what's up? What are we doing? So. I want to start off by apologizing for the lateness of everything. everything. Yeah. Um, this is due to me having to travel a lot and come and just just a lot of scheduling stuff happened. Um, 
some big life changes and then now we're both here so we have decided that to make up for the fact that we're like a full month late on this episode we're going to crank out three episodes in three weeks um in order to kind of get back up to speed so i i know everyone in quarantine is just or excuse me social distancing is looking for things to fill their time so uh read along with us because i think we've picked out some fun little books for the next month or so um and today we are going to be discussing from twinkle with love so that's fun it's but, the end of our epistolary novel theme but first so. let's let us introduce ourselves allow me to introduce myself hi i'm gray and i'm marcy i'm a writer and i'm a reader and this is bookends a literary podcast where we talk about books books Books. So that's what we do here. Books. Um, we do a lot of that discussion of books. So we are discussing epistolary novels this month slash two months because of scheduling. Uh, so great. What What is an epistolary novel? An epistolary novel is a novel that is told primarily through alternate texts, such as like emails, documents, letters, um, text messages. Originally, it was just letters, but... As the form has evolved, it has come to include lots of other outside um, documents other than just prose fiction. So this one that we're going to be talking about today from Twinkle with Love is told through letters that the main character Twinkle is writing to her favorite female directors. Which, by the way, that's an adorable concept. Um, I love that idea that she's like writing because like she wants to be director and it's just really cute. It's cute. Uh, we're getting a little ahead of ourselves though. I realize because yes. the segment today doesn't really have anything to do with epistolary novels. <laughs> Nor does it have to do with From Twinkle with Love, but well, it's it kind of has to do with From Twinkle. And what? What am I saying? It kind of has to do with From Twinkle with Love, and that they're both more centered around rom coms as a concept. So. From Twinkle with Love is a YA romance comedy romance. situation, right? Mm -hmm. Romance, yes, romance. for the Romans and their Roman mints, the Romans. Um, that's the worst thing I've ever said in my life. Yes, but I wanted to talk about a rom com, some chiclet that has been on my mind a lot over the past two-ish weeks because I devoured them and I keep thinking about them and like if I'm thinking about a book I mean I read so much like if I'm thinking about a book after I finish it it's a good book right yeah for sure uh, it takes a lot for a book to hold my attention for more than the amount of time it takes to read it like for me to like consciously be like wow I wish I could reread that book again for the first time because I really enjoyed it so what I wanted to talk about today what I wanted to recommend to you all um I titled the segment Garbage Pail because Garbage Pail is my segment for trashy romance novels. However, I think that that is an inappropriate name for this series that I'm going to be discussing because it is truly wonderful. <laughs> and so while I'm still calling it Garbage Pail, please know that it is not, in fact, a trashy romance novel and that if you like to read anything cute and romantic and also funny and heartwarming that you would like this book. Um, so enough of the enough of the tension, enough of the buildup. What I'm going to be talking about today, you've heard of it, you've seen it at the airport, you've seen it recommended to you on Goodreads. It's the Kiss Quotient by Helen Wong. Da -da -da -da. 
stats. Right. Um, so the premise of the Kiss Quotient is that a um, woman with Asperger's, they she calls it Asperger's in the book. I know that Asperger's is now just considered to be part of the spectrum. Um, so I don't I still don't really understand the distinction between those. But the point is, she is on the spectrum um, and she's kind of insecure about like she's getting older and she her mom is like I want grandbabies and she's like dang I guess I gotta work on that um (laughs) basically and so she hires a male escort to be a practice boyfriend basically uh so that she can have the confidence to go out and get a real boyfriend because she has a hard time with social situations and it takes practice for her um and then turns out they fall in love yeah the male escort is the most heartwarming kind man and everything about this book just makes my heart squeeze it is so funny there's so many just like hilarious but then also very cringy scenes you know where you're just like oh my god oh my god um it is also definitely um an adult book which I think is a little misleading. I didn't go into it thinking it was going to be as uh, steamy as it was based on the cover because the cover is adorable. And usually that, you know, I I, I feel that um, romance as a genre, we're really signaled by covers in a lot of ways. There's this new age of covers coming in, though, that I really like. We've all seen it. It's like with the cute, like kind of papery cutout looking mm-hmm. graphic designed covers as opposed to like the the shirtless man holding a lady um so i just think i i just i think i just hadn't caught up to that that cover standard yet um so this is definitely like this is not ya this is solidly adult and it is also thoroughly enjoyable and i just dang i loved it i it is not often that i wish i could reread a book not just reread it, but reread it for the first time and like get to experience like all of the like butterflies all over again because the romance is just so well written. Like the characters are like delectable. I just they're so wonderful. They're so precious. You 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 love the main character, Stella. You love her so much because she just ah, ah. It's just, I don't know. I, I think that there's not a lot out there f- written for people, not for people, but like about people on the spectrum. Um, mm-hmm. It's not something like the media talks about very often. I know Atypical, the Netflix series, um, was like really the first media I'd ever consumed that featured, you know, starred someone with autism. Really, I think probably the first one I'd ever watched that had anyone with autism in it really yeah um and that actually dealt with that in any substantial way and i think it's just like really a refreshing it's a refreshing read because it is from a perspective you don't always get i think it's also really awesome to like i don't know like i think it's awesome to be having the lead romantic interest in a book be on the spectrum and like that kind of representation i think is important I, i'm not you know I'm not autistic or anything, but I know that it really, really matters to the people who are. And I think that obviously representation is important for everybody. And I also think that it is helpful in that it helps people who are neurotypical, like see people with autism as being more fully people. I think that is a problem we find with 
with neurotypical people when they see neurodivergent people is seeing them only as whatever their diagnosis is. Mm-hmm. Um, and as like I know stereotypes I or like. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And I've definitely, you know, especially when I was younger, I definitely did that. Like I wasn't able to see past whatever. Um, and I think books like this are really important in making that happen less. Um, you know, it's kind of obvious. It's why you should read about people and cultures that aren't like you, right? It's because it helps mm-hmm. you. It helps you break down some of those walls, even without having to like talk to people. <laughs> right. um, and another thing I really, I think, in addition to that, like kind of diversity comment, is that she's not the only character on the spectrum in the book. Um, there's hit Michael's the love interest. His cousin is also autistic. Um, and I thought it was awesome to see because they, while they have, you know, technically the same diagnosis and title and whatever, they are very different. Um, and that is true of people in real life, right? Uh, so that was kind of nice to see. The sequel to The Kiss Quotient, The Bride Test, actually is about that um, cousin that I mentioned. So there's this is actually part of a three-part series Um a trilogy, I forget, is the actual word for that. So The Kiss Quotient came out a few years ago, and then The Bride Test, I think, came out last year. I'm not looking at it right now, but I'm just going to guesstimate, like, last year-ish. Um, the Bride Test is about – it's also a delight. It is about that cousin that I mentioned um, and his mom, because she's, like, he's never interested in girls and is never going to date anyone, brings him back a bride from Vietnam and is like, here you go. And it is so surprisingly wonderful. Like you just you fall in love with the like the the girl that is brought home, and she is just phenomenal. And I just it's it's such a lovely series. Like Aww. you just read it and you're just smiling the whole time. Um, and I just have a lot of feelings about it, and I'm not communicating it very well. But the third book and I think final book in the trilogy comes out next year. Um, And I'm very excited about that. So the premise is that each book, the male love interest is part of the same family. And like they're all cousins or brothers or whatever it is, depending on like which book you're looking at. Um, And then but it's from the perspective of for the most part, they'll do a little bit of back and forth POVs. But the main perspective is from the female like of the romantic pairing. So even, so it's like the common thread is this family, but the main perspective you're getting is from outside the family, which that was kind of an interesting way to do it. Yeah. So that, that you're getting this familiar setting and these familiar characters that you like from book to book, but it's a very different romance from book to book. And it's not necessarily like continuous, like it's continuous in time, like it's chronological, but like once you get into the bride test, you don't get any more of Michael or Stella's point of view, but you see them in the background sometimes like, oh, I love them. Yay for Aww. them, you know. Yeah. Um, so I think that's just really nice because it really gives you a chance to like really you really love that family at the end of it. You're like, ah, you guys like because you each time you get to get in a new like love interest, you get to see obviously their family from their perspective and like. You get to know them a little better, and it's just it's one of those things where you feel like you grow with them. But then also, it's very saucy and romantic. So like it hits a, it hits a lot of boxes, you know. It checks of off a lot of boxes. And all the pies. This book. That has. is the worst expression. 
I use it frequently, and it is bad, but I do use it's it. It's really bad. I don't understand what it means. Who's like, using that expression? Me. That's about Great. it. Great. You need to be stopped. I know. Anyway, I did go ahead and make a romance rating for the Kiss Quotient because I have historically done different ratings for my romances. Um, So I went ahead and did one for this. So the first of the romance is cover art because it's basically like, would you be embarrassed to read this in public, right? Uh, If Fabio's on the cover, I'm not going to read it in public. You're weak then. A coward. I'm weak, apparently. <laughs> I am happy. I am pleased. I am delighted to say this cover gets a five out of five. It's very cute. It is I'm like a little at dorky, it right now. It is but really like not cute. in a bad way. It's really cute, and I'm happy about it. And do you see how it would be misleading if you look at the cover that this book is like R-rated? Oh, is it that saucy? Yes. Wow. Yes. Wow. Would, would would you be surprised by that? If you picked I this am. up in an airport and then sat on the plane, would you feel a little weird about reading this next to like a grandma? Pro- well, probably. I also, although to be fair, like I don't really read adult romance, so I don't have a mm-hmm. metric for understanding like like you do because you, you read them. Like you're not used to that from this kind of cover, but I wouldn't have any sort of expectations mm-hmm. to fair. be fair. But yeah, I, I understand yeah. what you're getting and- at. I think my expectations are just off. I think I just have not adjusted because I'm still kind of new to the adult romance world too. Mm. Um, just I'm only 22, so I've been reading YA for the majority of my life, and I'm only kind of just now fully trying to get out of that. Yeah. Um, not get out of it, but like branch out more. Yeah. Exactly. So I think I was also like, oh. Oh, this is what these covers are like. I've been avoiding these a little – not like avoiding, but like I just was underestimating these – and now I got to read everything that has this cute little cover on it. Like, <laughs> who's making them? They're from different publishers. It's just this, like, specific trend in illustration. And I yeah. love it. And I'm so here for it. I love it. That's, like, that one specific um, trend of covers where it looks like branches or, like, flowers that mm-hmm. are around the words. Mm-hmm. That, like, is across genres, too, but it's popular yeah. right now. Anyway. It's just anyway. aesthetically pleasing. And publishers have done the research on what sells. And That's bada bing, bada boom. There you go. Bada bing, so, bada boom. all that to say, cover art. Fi- <laughs> all that to say, all that to say is cover art, five out of five. Love it. Great. Um, Next up in the rating is romance, like just like the quality of like their chemistry and like the characters themselves and then the actual romance itself. And that was an easy five out of five. Um, I just it's okay. So here's the thing. It is really hard to write a romance where you are equally invested in both parties. Right. Mm -hmm. Like I feel like usually just by default of how POVs work out and like the fact that writers are usually writing with like a really specific audience in mind. I don't know. Just because it's hard to do, you usually end up like really kind of identifying with one character more than the other. And then sort of like your feelings in the romance are really directed. Like they're really like, oh, I want her to get with him. This is like, you want them to be together. It's Aww. different. Is that a good, I don't know if that distinction makes sense, but like. No, I understand. You care about them equally. So not only do you want one character to end up with the other, but you want them to end up with each other because you care about both of them. And I've seen that they are both good together. Yes. And like, 
both and like it's so rare for me to read a book with dual POVs where I don't get kind of annoyed with one eventually like I usually have one that I favor like no matter what even if I like both of the characters I tend to have one POV that when I'm reading I'm a little bit more upset when it's over than the other or I'm more excited when it starts that wasn't the case with this book both times both of them were narrating I was just very happy and I liked them both so much so I was it was really easy to give this a five out of five for romance also because like if you are looking for something that uh does get a little raunchy and does raunchy well and not in like a bad trashy way this will do it so hits all the boxes gets everything. it hits all the boxes of like what a romance could be for me honestly it's really good um so pacing i struggled with pacing for this a little bit because i think other people from what i've kind of read when i've seen reviews of it said it moves a little too fast so the pacing of it is like bam, bam, bam in the beginning and then kind of slows down because they start out with a very physical relationship uh, then becomes emotional. So like there's a lot of hot and heavy right up front and then it tapers off. Uh, and some people don't like that. I usually like more of a slow burn, but I actually didn't really mind the pacing of this. Uh, I think with the plot, it made a lot of sense. Like it, 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 it made... The pacing of the romance matched up with what made realistic sense with the situation the character was in. So mm -hmm. I didn't really mind that it was fast. I think it would have been kind of like it would have been weird if she hired a male escort and then like they didn't do anything until the end of the book. Right. <laughs> like, <laughs> I think that I think that's fair. That's kind of the point. Right. Uh, so for pacing, I gave it a four out of five just because I think I usually prefer a little bit of a slower burn. And I think that it was a little bit uneven, but it wasn't atrociously uneven just know that if you're looking for something with like a real long-term payoff like this is not it like it's it's not a slow burn by any means so just don't just don't go into it wanting that and you'll be fine so four out of five for pacing uh plot i also gave a four out of five mostly because i didn't really know what to give it because this is very much character driven and not ultra plot driven like it's contemporary chick lit romance happiness so like it's not like there's a real complex plot going on it's just like two people who have to overcome their own personal obstacles to get together right my favorite um, kind of thing keep going yeah you do love that i love it and i don't necessarily love that all the time so for me to really love it is saying something which i think is why i gave it a four out of five because i usually search for books that are a little bit more plot driven but i really liked i really liked it even though it wasn't plot driven so Four to five, I guess. It's kind of an arbitrary decision, but all of it is. So whatever. That's how ratings work, unfortunately. <laughs> sort of arbitrary so, by nature. Guilt factor. Guilt factor, in case you never heard one of my episodes of reviewing romances, in case you've never heard of Garbage Pail. Guilt factor is that certain je ne sais quoi that makes you feel embarrassed a little bit about the book that you're reading. It makes you feel guilty about it. It makes it... It takes it from being like a respectable thing to like something that you like kind of feel that you have to defend. And I don't mean this in a bad way. Um, some of my favorite things in the world have high guilt factors. America's Next Top Model, for example, is a high guilt factor experience for me. Um, a lot of the trashy like fantasies that I read, high guilt factor for me. So guilt factor does not mean it's bad. Um, 
it is the thing that makes you feel a little bit uncomfortable reading it while other people are in the room. And for this, I gave the book a five out of five purely for the steaminess because there's at least like three scenes in this book that like you will be blushing while you read. And I definitely read them at an airport and I felt very weird about it. Oof. And that's okay. So five out of five. Happily. Also, the name sucks. I love the cover art. I hate the name The Kiss Quotient. That's very personal. It obviously doesn't matter at all. <laughs> like The book was excellent. It does not matter what the name is. Um, it's called The Kiss Quotient because the main character is a um, math girl. That really downplays how much of a genius she is, but she, I cannot girl. remember. I cannot remember what. She's in like a really specific field of econ- econometrician, I think is what she's called. Um, so her thing is math and like statistics and the economy and stuff. Um, and so that's why it's called the Kiss Quotient. And you know what? It's a terrible name, but I kind of love that it's terrible. So it adds to the guilt factor, which makes it an easy five out of five. Um, so my overall rating for the Kiss Quotient is a four point four, which I think is like one of the highest wow. ratings I've ever given. That's pretty I, good. I just I'm raving about this book. If you like a rom com, read this book. Like I that's that's it. That's end of story. Full stop. If you like rom coms, period point blank. Like either in a movie or in a book, read this book. It's a delight. There's a reason why. Like you've probably heard of it already if you are anywhere in the book world. Because it's now, really good. here is a question. Marcy, you know me. And you know that it takes a lot for me to like a straight couple. Would I like it? Yes. Okay. Well, that's, them as, that's really that's good. That's what I was talking about. Them as characters are so compelling. Okay. So it's because... not like like there there's a, a factor to it that even I, who am hesitant to enjoy a straight pairing, would enjoy them. Yeah, I think so. It's like, I just, they're both so lovable. Mm-hmm. And they're both so flawed. They're it's both perfect. So human. They're both so human. Both so and also, human. you just, you fall in love with Michael's family the whole time. It's just, mm. it's just, I love it all. I just love it all. And yeah, I think even you would enjoy it. Nice. Nice. Well, you heard it so. here her first. Wait, oops, had a stroke. Huh. You, hot. You heard it here First, folks, the kiss question is good. <laughs> we are the only <laughs> only people who have ever told you to read it. I know. This is like a really hot take. Like, <laughs> never heard of this You're before. You're really, really brave for saying this. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I felt so dumb picking no, this for the segment this week. But I was like, this is genuinely what I'm, like, excited yeah. about right now. So yeah. Talk about what you're excited about. Talk about what you love. And you love this. So. If you've seen this book around and you've been like, oh, I shouldn't read it, think again. You should. Period. Point blank. So, yeah, that is The Kiss Quotient by Helen Huang. I think that's how you pronounce her last name. I should double check that, but it's okay. It's okay. You'll find it. You'll find it. You'll find it. Should we get into our review? Yeah, I think we should. All right. This is From Twinkle with Love by Sandhya Menon. Aspiring filmmaker and wallflower, Twinkle Mehra, has stories she wants to tell and universes she wants to explore, if only the world would listen. 
So when fellow film geek Sahil Roy approaches her to direct a movie for the upcoming Midsummer Night Arts Festival, Twinkle is all over it. The chance to publicly showcase her voice as a director? Dream come true. The fact that it gets her close to longtime crush Neil Roy, aka Sahil's twin brother? Dream come true times two. When Mystery Man In begins emailing her, Twinkle is sure it's Neil, finally ready to begin their happily ever after. The only slightly inconvenient problem is that, in the course of movie making, she's fallen in love with the irresistibly adorable Sahil. Twinkle soon realizes that resistance is futile. The romance she's got is not the one she scripted, but will it be enough? Told through the letters Twinkle writes to her favorite female filmmakers, From Twinkle with Love navigates big truths about friendship, family, and the unexpected places love can find you. And that is From Twinkle with Love. From Twinkle with Love. Which is just the cutest title of any book I've ever heard. It's also just a really cute, I'm looking at the physical copy of it right now. It's mm-hmm. it's a very cute book It is, total. it's adorable. Like, like if you just look at it, like the little font, and it's got like little pink Sharpie where the, where the title is, and it's like, um, it's like a real person on the cover and she's like smiling mm-hmm. behind a camera and she's got fun it's little jewelry dang cute. and the back is all pink and it's really cute. Anyway. There's like a very clear target demographic with yes. this book. Yes. 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 So should we get into our ratings? I think we should. Okay. Well, for enjoyability, I gave it a three. I'm probably going to yeah. give mostly threes the entire time because this is the <laughs> kind of book that was good period you know what I mean yeah like <laughs> yeah it, it didn't astound me it didn't wow yeah. me but I did like it yeah neither did it offend me yeah no there was nothing I was like wow that was bad about really anything yeah. in it I don't think at yeah, all like I agree it was it was good so I gave it a three for enjoyability yeah I gave it a three for enjoyability um sort of with in mind that I am not the target demographic you mm, know yes yes this is definitely I think a book for like 12 to like 15 year old girls or boys 12 to 15 year olds though adolescents young as youngish adolescents i would say um and i just don't think it was for me because i got i got a little bored with it sometimes um but i don't think it was the book's fault yeah i got a little bored sometimes so and sometimes i found it to be a little cringy in that uniquely like young teenager way Mm -hmm. almost because i related too much to twinkle sometimes (laughs) Um, like it it hurt to read at moments because i have been twinkle and she just is so much she's so extra as a person Mm -hmm. um she's very lovable that it was she's so lovable yeah i say all this with endearment like yeah she's an endearing protagonist like you want to protect her and like hold her little hand and just you just want the best for her Mm -hmm. um all of you said i gave it a three i feel pretty good about that with a three being good i think that Mm -hmm. that's pretty fair so yeah yeah i it's the kind of thing where because i mostly listen to audiobooks right so like i listened to this while i was driving um like to my friend's house and then like back and it's the kind of thing where i didn't need to use a whole lot of brain power to follow what was happening necessarily um but i also wasn't i didn't find that many moments of being particularly bored um it was just sort of smooth sailing so three yeah that's fair uh for balance i also gave it a three like i said there's gonna be a lot of those um (laughs) i don't remember moments where i was like "Ooh, the pacing was really slow here or like Mm -hmm. 
moments like that that I felt particularly needed work or didn't like, but I also, again, wasn't astounded by anything, so... Yeah, I give it a four for balance. Um, My reasoning is that because – so if you kind of look at, like, the story arc of the book and Mm -hmm. what you kind of expect to happen with, like, okay, so she's this – she's this teen who wants to be director and she gets this opportunity to make this, like, small-time movie with this boy who's a twin brother of the boy she's had a crush on forever. And she's Mm going to fall for the the twin that she used to not pay any attention to, right? You, I think that Menin is that how you pronounce her last name? Menin. Menin. Like me, Menin. Me, Menin. I am Menin. so sorry. That's okay. I, I just had to Google it because I thought it was Menin, and you're probably doing it because I was saying that earlier. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. I also didn't listen to the audiobook, so I had no cues on pronunciation. pronunciation. Um. Anyway, I felt that she, like, considering that you would sort of expect, like, like the arc of it is you would expect what you would expect is okay, boy meets girl, they do all this stuff through the movie and Bond, and they don't get together till the end. And that's not really what happens. Um, and I thought that she just, like, handled that well because it would have been easy for them to, like, have their feelings moment in the middle and then the rest of the book feel pointless, but it didn't. Mm-hmm. So for that yeah. reason, I gave it a four because I thought that she handled, like, I thought that she handled there being more than just the romance well. Like, she Aww. gave substance to the rest of the book that I wasn't anticipating. Yeah. And so I liked that. And so I gave it a four for balance. For similar reasons, I gave expectations a four. Um, I was actually surprised by this book in that, like, so it doesn't say it on the back, but a lot of it is also about her friendship, um, like her, her best friend, whose name is escaping me. I think it's Maddie. Uh, it's Maddie. Yes. Um, yeah. <laughs> I was like, is it Maddie or Maggie? I think it's Maddie. I, I think it's Maddie. Um, anyway, so a lot of it is about their relationship. A lot more than I thought it was going to be in a good way. And the way Twinkle's arc goes, without giving away spoilers, she develops in ways I didn't think Menon was going to do. Like, there was a lot at the beginning. So one of the things that Twinkle talks about, because this is in her little letters, is that she describes the different like social groups as there being the silk feathered hats who are like the popular kids and the groundlings, which are the not popular kids, which she considers herself a groundling. And she has this very like black and white view of the way that social relationships work. And it, it was very like early teenager um, sort of like this idea about like high school caste system essentially, but that's challenged in the book which I didn't think was going to happen. And I really liked that it was and that um, Twinkle kind of comes to a realization that that's not really accurate of people and that just because she considers these people to be like silk feathered hats or whatever, that doesn't mean that they're mean or that like they're even better than her. Like it did some interesting things with that and I was surprised and I liked it. So I gave it a four. Uh, For similar reasons, I also gave it a four. I think I was just surprised by, like I said, with balancey substance in this book. Uh, I thought I was, I went into it really, and the back of the book really makes you think that. It's really just about her realizing like, oh, maybe I like this boy. I didn't think I was going to like, oh, no. Uh, But it's really like a lot more about like self-identity and finding your own self-confidence and pride in your work and about like navigating social situations and like forgiving friends and like realizing that everyone around you is a flawed person with like a full array of emotions and feelings um and that's like nice and i liked that 
So I gave it a four because it was just, it was better. It was deeper than I thought it was going to be. It had a lot more heft to it than what you would expect from a book that seemed to only be about like a cute little teen romance that is like fully pink and happy. And it's right. still like the book is still pink and happy, but yeah. that's like, that doesn't take away from it. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? There is still the cute romance. It is still happy and it is still like pink and fun, but it yeah. is also about these questions of identity and yeah. of other people and your relationships with other people. And it's really good. And I love that for this book, obviously being uh, marketed towards like a younger uh, teen girl demographic. Like, I like that they that this book exists. It's a, a really strong woman of color as the like main character who is very proud of her heritage and like fights for other women. And it's like about honestly, a lot of it is about oppressing girl hate because girl oh, yeah. hate is a huge problem in high school and beyond. But like especially at age like 15, like girl mm-hmm. hate is like a big deal. And it's about like finding yourself and like healthy friendships and like expect managing expectations and just like a lot. And I think it's going to be I think it's really relatable to a lot of girls out there. And I like that. I like that for this book. It's yeah. nice. It's ah! good. Um, writing style, I gave it three. Um, I would have given it a little bit higher. There were a few moments that felt kind of the same problem that we had with Color Me In with the overusing slang, which to an extent I understand in this book because it's in her letters. Um, but it felt a little too much sometimes, if that makes sense. But I wasn't like fully taken out of it. So I didn't super take off anything so just a three for writing style otherwise i kind of had no you keep no go nope (laughs) i had a similar thought of just like i thought it was good and there's a couple places where i had a little bit of issue mostly like what with what you said of sometimes it was a little much like i don't know i guess maybe i need to pull out my journals and see how i journaled when i was twinkle's age Um, yeah i don't think i talked like that not that i'm the only not that I'm like a perfect representation of all teenage girls in the world that have ever existed, but it just felt like a little much sometimes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then there were other moments that like I really, really liked her writing. So I felt that it just kind of leveled out to a three in the end. That so. being said, I do think that the letters were done pretty well. Like there were moments where something would happen and Twinkle would write, I can't tell you right now I'm in the middle of something. Oh my God, but this thing happened and I have to tell you a little bit. And like, she's like in the middle of events happening and has to like journal really quickly being like, oh my God. And then the thing happens and she comes back and then tells what happened. Um, Or like- Yeah, that's something I took issue with, but we'll really? talk about it okay. with the believability. Yeah. Um, And then she, I do like that since it's to her favorite uh, female filmmakers, she will talk about their work in relation to her life some of the time. Um, like she'll be like, so and so, you wrote about like standing up for what's right and like what like hard relation. Like she'll mention things that they've written about and then be like, how do how would I how would I act if I were you? You know, like that kind of thing. So it felt a little bit less like it was just like because it's it's a cute idea, right? Of her writing to her favorite filmmaker, blah, 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 favorite filmmakers, but it could have easily felt pointless i think um and i i i think there's a good balance of like actually recognizing that she's writing to a person as opposed to just journaling so anyway yeah like it wasn't like a gimmick like it was something that actually like mattered to twinkle yeah anyway um were you gonna did you want to talk about your thing or oh you said you want to talk about believability okay that's fine yeah that's fine 
Uh, for memorability, I gave a 2.75 just because, like, I don't know that I'll... It was cute, and I liked it, but I couldn't remember Maddie's name. You know what I mean? So I gave it a 2.75. That's not bad, necessarily. That's just yeah, how it is. That's a hair under average. I gave it a 2. Uh, just similar reasons. I just think I felt it more distinctly than you did. Just, like, the fact that, like, it wasn't for me Mm -hmm. um and although i thought it was really cute i think that's gonna be i can kind of already tell because we are actually recording this like a full week after i finished reading it which is unusual usually we record maybe a couple days after i'm done um actually it's probably been over a week since i finished it now but i can already tell that in like another two weeks my only impression that's gonna be left is just like that was cute yeah, that's And fair. I liked it. And, like, if, like, a 14-year-old girl is like, oh, have you read anything that I could read, perchance? When, when it, at any point in my social distancing, am I going to interact with a random 14-year-old girl looking for book recommendations? I don't know. But if <laughs> I did, I would suggest it. But just because I remembered, like, it's cute and, and it it's... was good for a younger age group than I am. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> like, that's yeah. all I'm going to have. Yeah. It's not necessarily bad. But I only gave it a two because of that, so. Yeah. that's Yeah, and that's not a fault of the author at all. That's... Like we said, ratings are arbitrary, and that's just how they work. So that's fair. Uh, believability, I gave it a three. I didn't have a whole lot of problems with believing anything, but I also didn't totally feel like, what's the word? I don't know. I don't know what the word is. I guess, again, I just wasn't blown away by by the human, the human humanism. I'm having a really hard time with words today. The social distancing is really getting to me in terms of my brain power, apparently. So, anyway. Yeah, I feel that. Uh, I, I don't know how to speak today. Keep going, Marcy. You take over for me. Okay, so I have a lot of thoughts about believability. Um, I gave it a 2.5 initially. I think I'm going to change it to a 2 because memorability is a 2, and I feel that believability probably is actually worse, but I don't really want to give it less than a 2 because I think that's a little too harsh. So, here's my issue I have a couple of issues with believability. The first one is that a small movie like this would be as big of a deal as it is. Um, I guess it's just because it's the first time Twinkle's ever gotten to do anything. It's a big deal. But I don't know. It just felt I just felt like they made like made it sound like she was literally going to be part of like an actual film festival when she would just like made something for like a high school. Like, yeah, little night. Um, And that like. I guess she lives she lives in Colorado Springs, which is like an affluent area, and all the kids she goes to school with are pretty wealthy. And, but like they're able to just like foot the bill of the movie, no problem. Like they never talk about how they probably spent like thousands of dollars as like teenagers on yeah. this. Which like I guess there are people that wealthy who can do that. That's just wild to me. So maybe that's not really an issue with believability. It's more just like, oh my God. Um but all that is kind of like a side note to my main issue, and that is that she would like write hate these pages long like diary letter journal entry whatever they were in the middle of events happening like she'd be like oh i'm in the car i have to go and it's like what you were sitting in the car next to someone writing this that like and i don't know i'm a journaler so i like know how long it takes to write a page of text and it's like not fast like mm. to process your thoughts and feelings and then like physically write them is not a quick process um and i just was like this doesn't make any sense. The way you journal, and I, I don't know. I mean, I guess someone out here maybe does this. But the way the average person journals is at the end of the day, right? 
Right. Or maybe in the middle of the day if they've like set aside like a nice little quiet time for themselves. But they do it all at once. You don't write five times several pages at once each day in between things and sometimes in like the middle of the action like I don't understand that I thought it was so weird I don't think it would have lost anything as a book if she had just written everything down because when you write in a journal like that you do still like a lot of times write chronologically like you're telling a story because you're writing it down to process it and to remember it in the future so like it's not like it really would have messed with the storytelling to just instead of having things be broken up into different entries just have them be one entry for that day so like I don't understand why she chose to do that because it doesn't make any logical sense to do. And I feel like I'm ranting, like I'm really angry about it, but I'm really not mad. It's just that I'm giving believability a two instead of a three. So That's okay. <laughs> I, well, okay. And here's the difference is I don't journal and I don't think I ever have. So to me, I was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> like I was like, I guess. But to you who does journal, you were like, hold on a minute. I know what you do when you do that. And that's incorrect, which um, makes sense. I just think that's interesting because they're just different audiences, different people. Because I was I not know. bothered by it, but like you were. Maybe really there's, like, there's, maybe there's people out there who journal like that. I've just never met them. And I mean, when you pointed out ah. to me, I'm like, no, you're right. That doesn't make a whole lot of sense. But when I was reading it, I didn't bother to think about that. You know what I mean? I mean, but there was I, literally I one entry that canonically was taking place when she was supposed to just be going into her bedroom to change clothes real quick. Oh yeah, yeah. Like what? The, yeah, you that entry probably took you thirty minutes to write. Yeah, what? Yeah. And like the Sahil Sahil was like outside with her parents. I would never, as a sixteen-year-old girl, leave the dude I am just talking to sitting in the living room with my parents for thirty minutes so that <laughs> I could go write in my journal about how he came over that morning to ask me to come over for pancakes. This is very cute. <laughs> it was very. But cute, you would but not. You would not yeah. do that. You would not do that. <laughs> yeah, that makes sense. I mean, the book's adorable, and I hate giving it any flack, but, like, I just – that – it bothered me. That it part did. It bothered out. me. Yeah. Yeah. That's and fair. that's the problem with believability is it takes you out of the story because there's some sort of logical fallacy Issue. somewhere. Yeah. yeah. That's fair. But, hey, that's, like, other than memorability, which is so subjective and not really totally reflective of the author so much as us. Um. Anyway, other than that, like – it gave it pretty good scores. Yeah, I mean, the stuff that I docked, with the exception of believability, is mostly, like, not at all the author's fault. It's mostly a fault of just it's not for me. And that's right. not that's not bad. It's for someone else, and that's okay, you know? Yeah. Like, I, I overall thought this was a good book, and I would not I would not, not recommend this book to someone, you know? I think this is definitely still I would recommend. So, mm-hmm. so know, what was I your – um, yeah, what was your overall score? A 3.08, which feels right. Like, that's good. Yeah. It's a good book. Mine's a 3.125. So that tracks to me, which together is a 3.10. So, yeah, just a hair above average. I think that's fair. I think that's fair. I mean, it's no kiss quotient, so. It's no kiss quotient. But it's also no one of the other ones you've read. That I don't remember the name of. That's, I mean, there's some pretty. You've read some the pretty bar, bad ones. The bar is low. The bar is low. For being good. <laughs> that is fair. I guess really what I should say is like the floor is low. The ceiling is high. The floor is low. We're in a very <laughs> tall room. <laughs> We're in a very tall room. We're in a very Listen. tall room that goes underground a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. I like that. That's very similar to the room I'm currently in. Very tall room. 
going to do that a little bit. <laughs> it's half underground. Half underground. Not a very tall room, though. Oh, well, to me, who's short, everything's relative. <laughs> anyway, so what's our next thumb? What? Our next theme? thumb. Our next theme. Um, Our next theme is, and this is cute, beginnings. So our next episode is going to be released after spring has officially sprung. Um, and, you know, springtime is a time of rebirth and beginnings and stuff. And, and stuff like that. So we thought that'd be a cute theme without it being like the theme of spring. Um, so we both are picking new, fairly new releases. I think they're both in the past like two month, months. Two months, right? something yeah, like that. Yeah, month or two. Um, this year. Fairly new releases that are also the beginning of new series. Mm-hmm. Boom, bada bing. So Boom. next week... And actually next week, because we are quick turning around for the next three weeks, yes. um, we are going to be reading The Midnight Lie by Marie Rutowski, Uh, which if you are a bookends aficionado for some reason, or you've been recently re-listening if to If you are our mom, keep going. If you are our mom or your friend. <laughs> my one friend, Nash. Hello, Nash. I love your you. one friend. Keep going. Um then you might remember that I recommended a book called The Winner's Curse by Marie, Rut- Marie Rutowski during my year-end wrap-up as my most surprising book. Uh, it was surprising in that it was very, very good, but the cover was atrocious. Oh, Glad that to was see. recommended mm-hmm. to me recently on my Goodreads. I was like, why are you here? Well, there you I go. I realized it's because of that. Keep that going. makes sense. Um, so it seems that Marie Rutowski, uh, her publisher has caught on that that was a crappy cover and they have fixed it. Yay. And now The Midnight Lie has a good cover. It's like a little snake and there's like a flower and it's much better. Um, but this is a fantasy YA, um, also LGBT, which yeah. coincidentally, this was not really on purpose. We both accidentally picked for the next two weeks fantasy, fantasy YA, YA LGBT. Yes, yes. <laughs> which jumping ahead a little bit, um, the first book by a man we're going to be reading is not this one, but the next one, which wasn't intentional. No, it wasn't intentional. You, you've you talked just... about how you don't read male authors unintentionally pretty often. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I accidentally don't really either. Or if I do, it's always like gay men. Yeah, the first book I read by a man that was not... Okay, I should rephrase. The first fiction I've read by a man in the past year and a half mm-hmm. i read this past month and it was because it was um oh was it name? um Conisberg. openly straight it was openly straight yes um which i recommended to you exactly and it's because it's because you recommended it to me so yeah. i don't know why we're like this but we are um this is zero percent intentional it's just how we the, pick just the how books the cards, we pick how the yeah. cards fall. anyway yeah. so this is like oh i'm so sorry i just realized gray what I'm looking through the Goodreads. Apparently, I didn't do my research very well. Uh, the Midnight Lie is set in the same world as the Winner's Trilogy. It's oh, not no. like a sequel, but it is set in the same world. Oh, my gosh. Um, it, it is standalone, count? though. Yeah. Does... No, it's still standalone. Wait. So, like, it... like it's it's set in the same world, but, but not at all the series. same. Yeah, it's not all the okay. same. Okay. But, okay. But it, kill- it still counts, though. It still counts as a new thing. Good. It's still a beginning. It's still a beginning of a new series. Um, so, which you know what? If spring is about rebirth, what is rebirth more than a spinoff series? <laughs> <laughs> in my in so, my book, my my choice has to do literally with rebirth. So that's fun. Well, shut up. 
<laughs> so anyway, next week we're going to be reading The Midnight Lie by Marie Marie Rutowski, um, which is about uh, I I literally never know how to describe like fantasy synopses because they yeah. usually require so much like jargon from the book. Like it's like <laughs> all of the names are like unfamiliar because they're all fantasy names. And like she's part of like a social class you've never heard of because it's from this universe in like right. a world you've never heard of. So if I like tell it to you, it means nothing. Just it's like it's like a girl rebelling in a fantasy world. Okay. Just, nice. just let it be. And there's something gay about it. Yes. And, that's all you need to know. Yes, Please. that is that is all I need to know. The cover art's good, and I like this author, and I have say, high expectations. Say less. I already want it. So, boom. There you go. Boom. Boom. Yay. <laughs> all right. Well, we will be back literally next week. Yep. With Very another episode. Brief. A brief intermission. So. A brief intermission. Please And then we'll join be us. back after that for another one. <laughs> <laughs> and then another one. And then another one. <laughs> So, no, it's okay. Thank you so much for listening. That's so nice of you. Yeah, especially in these trying times where everything Mm, is scary. Yeah. And weird. Hopefully you can read along with us. I mean, one book a week, that's like, that's great for if you're doing the nice isolation thing that you're supposed to be doing. Mm -hmm. Get yourself a little Kindle book online, read it on your phone or an audio book. True. And read it along with us. Um, Read along at home. And then hear us talk about it and probably complain about stupid things next week. Yes. <sighs> All right. Woo. Well, time to go play a game with yep. our sister. I'm going to go play. We promised her the bargaining tactic of her not interrupting us was that we would play Overcooked with her when this is over. On the so. Switch. Hey, yep. real quick, Animal Crossing mm-hmm. New Horizons Friday. Anyways, Oof, everyone go I get know. it. Whole thought. God. Animal Crossing New Horizons Friday. Buy it. $60. Thursday night, actually. Thursday night. Thursday night. Nice. At 11 I could not be more excited. For us. Yeah. Anyway. Woo! All right. I love you guys. I love if you're you. Listening. If, if you're listening, I love you more than other people. So. <laughs> this is true. And if you're our mom, that is genuinely true. So. Yes, that is true. If you are our mom, I, I do love I do you love more, you than, other more people, than other people, mom. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See, we will you, will. you will hear us next week. Yes. Okay. We're being weird now. All right. Bye. Bye.